Thanks for listening to the Church at Severn Run Messages podcast. You can find more information about the church at severnrun.com. Enjoy the message. So, this Christmas season, I mean, it is here. Tomorrow's Christmas Eve. Again, men, it is not too early to start your shopping. (laughs) There is still time. Do not give up hope. As we prepare for what God is going to do in 2019, I've really felt the Spirit of God um, stirring my heart, and, and I pray that you're beginning to feel Him stir yours as well. And I, I felt like God was saying for us that we need to lay a foundation in December of just, of just simple and pure belief for the beginning of 2019. <clears throat> and today, in the midst of all this going on in your life, um, I, I pray that you will believe that you, you have a Savior. And, and even beyond that, I, I pray that you will believe in, in a fuller and deeper way that is just beyond, um, sometimes beyond words. For all that troubles you, all that hurts you, all that pains you, um, all that discourages you, all that makes you feel unloved, unwanted, uh, life not worth living, I want to remind you, you have a Savior. So all isn't lost. There, there is good ahead. There is God ahead. And, and, and even as I want you to believe you have a Savior, I also, I also want you to believe very, very deeply that you need saving. That, that there's this recognition in the depths of your soul of the broken in you, not for shame, not for uh, withdrawing for God, but, but that this would be the very broken that would lead you toward God, that this would be the, the broken which God can pour himself into you and then, and then his love leaks out in life. Don't run from the pain of your broken. See, the truth is the more deeply you feel your lostness in the world, the more desperately you'll seek a savior outside this world. Don't run from the feelings that are, you know, in the basement, that are locked in the closet. Don't run from the pain of your past. Don't run from those words of rejection that, that, that are echoing just, you know, just a little un, unheard in your heart. Sit with that pain. Let the truth of it lead you somewhere, not towards more pain and more darkness, but in the opposite direction, towards a Savior. Because you're, you see, your pain's going to take you somewhere. Your pain is typically in this world going to lead you to do things that bring more pain. You're hurting, so you're going to drink. Okay, where's that going? You're hurting, and spending makes you feel good, so you're going to spend a little bit more. Okay, where's that going at the end of the month? You're hurting and you feel unloved and unwanted and, and it's not going well at home and, and so this person at work has been showing a little bit of attention and, and, and you make a move in that direction, okay, where's that going? From pain to pain, from dark into deeper darkness. But if we will feel what we feel and then make a choice, everything changes this Christmas season. How deeply do you feel your lostness? I'm, I'm serious. How deeply do you feel the broken of this world, the empty of this world, the not rightness of this world, the alone of this world? 
the hurt of this world? When I was a child, um, uh, we, we were stationed in England and I can remember being in London. Um, fairly big city, fairly active as you know. And we're walking along one bitter December um, uh, and I'm walking with my family down the streets of London and I'm this tall and everybody else is that tall. Do you all remember when you were looking up to everybody all the time? Um, uh, this is actually kind of an easier perspective on life, this six foot two one. I'm, but, but I'm looking up all the time and when you're in a crowd, you know, it's just like you're in a forest and walking along and, and we're at the corner. I remember we were on the right side of the street getting ready to cross the street, a very busy intersection and on my left, there was somebody selling something. So I didn't have my parents' hand and they're standing there in front of me with my brothers and, and waiting for the light to turn. Um, and I look to the left and there is someone, you know, th there's a fire and they're cooking something on top of it. And in my little head, in awe and wonder, I am just fascinated because I slowly realize this is chestnuts roasting on an open fire. So I just turn and I am looking for a long, long time. And then I look back and it's the home alone scenario, <laughs> you know. <laughs> my, my parents and my brother are long gone and, and I can't see anybody. And did I mention it's London? And near Christmas and incredibly busy? And that feeling of lostness, I will always remember. That feeling of panic, uh, and of, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. Um, the streets, you know, way too busy for me to, to, to cross. I mean, I can get across maybe. And, and just sitting there in this big world all alone and the chestnuts roasting on an open fire aren't doing me a bit of good because <laughs> I have no money. How alone have you ever felt? How deeply have you felt the not rightness of the world? I don't know what language to use. Use your own language. How, how deeply has it ever occurred to you that, that this world is just off and, and badly off and, and, and not right? Because you see, the more you feel that in the depths of your soul, the more it's going to drive you, or at least it can in faith, it's going to drive you to look for a savior outside the world. But, but I got to ask you a question, is the world enough for you? And I, you know, no, I'm serious. Think about it. Is what you can find in this world, what you can get in this world, what, what you can receive in the world, is all of that enough for you? Because, because there, there may be something in your heart that's looking for more than this world can provide. Now that sounds kind of silly. You think, well, if I could have the whole world, it'd be great. Would it? Because you see, if this world is enough for you in any sense, even though you haven't won the lottery and you don't own you know, all that you'd like to own, if this world is enough for you, the truth is there's nothing more for you. 
You're going to live your life invested in this world. You're going to live your life seeking in this world. You're going to think that the next thing, the next person, the next uh, experience, the next love, the next this, the next that, you're going to live your whole life turning in your broken and your empty to, to the next broken and empty thing you can find. And that's all your life will ever be. A hamster on a wheel going nowhere fast in ever-deepening darkness. You see, there's no Savior in this world. Can can I remind you this Christmas, and, and I'm asking you to think things through. One of the things Satan doesn't want you to do is think. Do you understand that? Satan does not want you to think. Because if you think, you'll wake up. In the screw tape letter, C.S. Lewis is, is writing uh, this imaginative tale of the, spiritually, uh, the spiritual world, the unseen. And, and he, he tells the story of a, of a senior demon uh, tutoring a younger demon in the temptation of, of mankind. And it's World War II era. And, and the younger demon has been assigned to a young man who was drafted and, and is now in a foxhole in Europe. And, and, and the... The younger demon is just glorying in the death and the destruction going on all around him and celebrating to the older demon in his letter how awesome it is that life is being ripped apart and that this young man in the foxhole is terrified. And the older demon writes him back and essentially says, you fool. In his comfortable life, he is likely never to wake up. But in this fear, he's liable to think essentially about the meaning of his life and the shortness of it and and what this world offers. And he's liable to turn to, as he says, the enemy in that moment. So I would rather he never wake up and never have these, these moments. I would rather he have a comfortable life that would simply lead him sleepily, thoughtlessly to hell than to be in these moments that would cause him to think things through to the end and then make a new beginning in the moment. There is no savior in this world. Everything you turn to to fix you or fill you will fail you. Everything in this world. There is nothing in this world that can save. There is nothing in this world that lasts for long. It it, it all will fail us. So, So how many affairs will it take? How much will you smoke? How much will you drink? How much will you spend? Uh, how, how much will you seek the approval of others? How, how much will you need to pump up your ego? How much will be enough? The whole world will not be enough. Jesus said, what will it profit if a man gains the whole world and forfeits his very soul? It's a bad change exchange. It's a bad deal. But the good news of Christmas, I want to remind you in a wake-up kind of way that, that will stir you is that you, that you have a Savior. That God sent a Savior to this world from outside of this world. And, and He's here to fix everything broken in us and in the world. To bring all things together in Christ. That's the gospel. That's the message. He's here to fill everything empty in the world and in us. And so, if you believe, and in not a shallow, surface, churchy kind of way, if you believe, 
not in a my parents raised me in church kind of way, but if you believe from the depths of your broken uh, to the heights of heaven, then, then you can live a life that is filled full with the meaning of God's love and with hope and with peace no matter what your circumstances are. <laughs> because there is a Savior who's come to the world. <laughs> and he's come to fill the broken of this world with a love that never fails. That's the message of Christmas. So, so the scripture says in Isaiah 9-2 of the Savior, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. I want you to, to think about that. The people walking in darkness. That's us. That's a description of our, our life in the world. The, the things that we call light, that, that we turn to for wisdom, they, they, are, they are darkness. I don't know if you've ever been in pure darkness, but I've been in pure physical darkness and in pure spiritual darkness, and they both stink, really. You ever been to Carlsbad Caverns when they turn out the light, or any caverns? I mean, when they turn out the light, the lights are out. <laughs> it is dark. And have you ever in your heart felt the pain of, of this broken world and, and felt either betrayal, abandonment, whatever it is? But have you ever felt the pain and the broken so deeply that, that literally everything else is an eclipse and you're just con consumed by your pain, your agony, your lonely, your abandonment? That's the darkness. Fear for what might happen to your child. Fear for, for what might happen next or tomorrow. That's the darkness. Regret over the past, the things that you can't change. That's the darkness. The things done to you and said to you as a child, the ways you were not loved and should have been, those are the deep darkness that many of us are walking in today. And here's the crazy thing about walking wounded is you wound the other people you're walking with. Here's the truth about your decision for Jesus this Christmas season. You're impacting your family in ways that will echo forever. And you're not only impacting your family, you're impacting children that aren't even born yet, the generations to come. You know, I, I've told you before, I, I've wondered, had my father ever ran into one real Christian in his life who had expressed the love of God and, and shared the, the, the Savior of God, Jesus Christ, with him. How different would our lives have been? And this is the way the light of God works in darkness. It spreads from light to light, from life to life. When, when I felt my darkness and the hopelessness of my life as my dad descended into his own private hell and then my brother followed him into his own private hell and, and I'm alone in my own world. I, I'm looking around deeply feeling the, the insanity of this world and wondering, is there hope anywhere? And I thank God for the pain and I, and I hope you're willing at some point to thank God for yours. Because your pain doesn't have to lead you to more crazy and more darkness. Your pain can, can invite you to look up and, and see that there's a Savior that's come into this world. And He's real. That's what you've got to decide. Whether all this is some fake fairy tale story or whether this is the foundation of meaning of life in the world. I believe 
Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world and in his life and in his love is the only meaning found in life. And so I thank God for a pain deep enough in my young life that would cause me to wake up and look up and, and at least consider, Jesus, could you be real? And when faith came alive, slowly with kicks and starts, I was a stubborn, stubborn teenager. But when it came in my life, it began to spread, not because of me, but because of Jesus. It began to spread through my family. And eventually, four other people accepted Jesus. Again, it wasn't, it wasn't because I did anything. It's because Jesus does everything. He fills the broken with love. And so today, if you are walking in deep darkness, do not despair, do not give up. It is a call to, to look around and to look up because a light has dawned. And in this world, everything else that you and I turn to for light will turn out only to be a, a deeper darkness. But Christ is the light of the world. No other human being, no other job, no other event, no other approval, nothing else in this world can, can be the light but Jesus. Isaiah 9, 6 says, For to us a child is born, a son is given to us, to you, to me, in our broken, in our despair, in our, in our pain. And the government will be on his shoulders. What's that mean? Well, it's not talking about the, the House of Representatives and the Senate. It's talking about the kingdom of God, God's governance over the world. And, and the scripture says that his reign will never, ever end. On his shoulders, there is justice established. On his shoulders, there is truth and goodness and righteousness, a, a kingdom that is reliable and, and great. And he... Our, our Savior child will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. How many of you all this Christmas season could use some peace? He's here, He's waiting. And if you'll be still long enough, in all the noise, you'll hear him whisper these words. <laughs> I love you. And I want to save you. Will you believe and will you let me? And Luke 2.11 is clearly and as bluntly as, as possibly could be communicated to us. The word says this. A savior has been born. To you. So how do you need your saving? You know, um, if, if I'm in a lake and I'm drowning, I need one kind of saving. Um, if I'm choking on food in a restaurant, I need another kind of saving. And, and all the savings pretty specific and I'm just telling you that a savior has been born to you that completely fits how you need your saving. And if you say no, 
out of fear or unbelief. I could not be that loved or there is no God or, or this could not be true. If you say no, then you're saying yes to more darkness. And you're not just saying yes to more darkness for you. You're saying yes to more darkness for your sons and daughters, for your families and for the generations to come. I, I don't know, just, I, I not only believe this, I know that it is true. the more deeply you feel your lostness in the world, the more desperately you'll seek a savior outside of this world. And this is, this is just deep spiritual truth that I can't explain how all this works because there's a lot of us who are gonna go through this world and, and Father is gonna be working to reveal himself to us through the power of his Holy Spirit and, and we're going to at, at every turn say no, withdraw, plug our ears, blind our eyes, and, and we're gonna live our lives just living, living faithlessly towards the hand reached out to us. But some of the rest of us, we're not gonna try to medicate the pain, uh, drink away the pain, um, you know, find uh, you know, uh, you know, the, 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 the short-term thrill of a broken sexuality to, to, to answer the pain, you know, the next high to, to, to make it go away for a minute. We're, we're gonna sit in the pain and, and we're gonna feel the pain and we're gonna, we're gonna look up. And we're gonna see in the pain of Jesus, the offer to take away our pain and to lead us through it for the short season that we're in it and to save us in the way that we need saving, <laughs> to save you uh, from the ways that you are broken, to, to save you in the ways that you are hurting. Our God is a perfect savior and there's been a savior born to you fits your family perfectly, takes care of your past, you know, in every right way. And the more deeply you feel all of that lostness, the more desperately you're gonna seek this savior from outside the world. And here's the deal. When, when you say yes and you believe in this kind of way, it isn't gonna look normal anymore, at least not as the world calls normal. It isn't gonna be tame. It isn't gonna be just church on, on Sunday. It's gonna be new life. You see, when you believe Jesus, crazy desperate becomes your new normal. And I say crazy desperate, realizing this world is crazy. And when you live right, do right, are right, your right is gonna look wrong and crazy to the world, but it's not. It's just simply right. You know, when... When, when, when you're talking to somebody who's delusional, their delusions seem real. And, and, and you know they're not. This world is under the delusion of deep darkness, but a light has dawned in this world. And this Christmas season, you are invited to reach for that light in an all-in way and commit your whole life to that light and, and now center the rest of your living, uh, you know, not only receiving that light, but, but even being that light because... Jesus lives in you. When you believe, crazy, desperate becomes your new normal. Uh, remember the woman who wept at Jesus' feet in Luke chapter seven. This is the new normal of, of, of what love looks like when, when you believe in it, it becomes personal. 
In Luke chapter 7, verse 36, the Pharisees had invited Jesus to dinner, which was kind of a clash of worlds, <laughs> a religion with, with life, deadness, uh, with, with what's new, old, and, and, and kingdom come. And, and there's Jesus with the Pharisees who are so sure they have all the answers. And the scripture says that, it actually says something kind of, kind of odd but it makes sense when you understand the culture. There was a woman who lived a very broken life, had a reputation in a small town. Any of y'all from small towns? You know, when you're in a small town, everybody knows your business. And, and everybody is quick to repeat all the things they remember from your past, right? This woman, uh, you know, most likely, you know, in her poverty was a prostitute and, 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 and in her brokenness, she heard that Jesus was, was with these Pharisees, the very people who would condemn her most. But in the depths of her pain and her brokenness, she doesn't care about anything except finding a savior. And so she comes into this place where she's gonna face great human judgment with all these Pharisees and she sees Jesus. And something trips inside of her heart. That's what belief is. Something breaks inside of her heart. That's what belief is. There isn't any ability to stay in control any longer, to manage life any longer, to, to look around and find resources for making life work any longer. The world is broke. And when you believe, a part of your belief is that you believe the world is broken. You're leaving it behind. She comes to Jesus and the scripture says she wet his feet with her tears. Well, that probably means she wasn't standing in front of Jesus. He was probably reclined at the table with his feet behind him. And she's standing there weeping with her tears so much. All the broken of her, of her hurting life pouring out in an unashamed way. And she's wetting his feet with her tears. How embarrassing. Where's your dignity? Where's your pride? Where's your control? Where's your power in that moment? There ain't any. Because you don't care about anything except your savior. When she sees she's, she's wetting Jesus' feet, she kneels down and with her hair, she begins drying his feet. That's crazy desperate. That's your new normal when you believe in Jesus. And all the other Pharisees are wanting to maintain decorum and control. And, and they say, you know, one of the guys thinking to himself, if he knew who, you know, if he was really the son of God, he'd know who she was. And he wouldn't have anything to do with her. And Jesus turns to the guy and, and he basically, he asks a question. Actually, he says, Simon, I have something to tell you. Two people owed a, a money lender a lot of money. One owed him 500 denarii, the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay. So he forgave the debts of both of them. Which of them do you think loved him more? Simon replied, I guess the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You judge correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You didn't give me water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. That's embarrassing. This was not some Jewish tradition. You don't kiss feet anywhere. 
You didn't put oil on my head, but she's poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven and her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. Let me just tell you, real belief is not in little. Real belief is not in controlled church life. Real belief isn't in a little bit of the world and a little bit of Jesus. Real belief is in crazy desperate for, for a savior from another world and, and looking to him in a way that all of life now revolves around him, centers in him, flows from him. There is nothing in this world that I can find to fix me, so I'm not turning to it any longer. There's no opinion in this world that I need to prop me up, so I don't care any longer about what anybody else says. There's nothing in this world that can fill me except the love of my Savior. So I am for him and after him and, and from him. And, and I don't care what anybody else says or does or how it looks. My life is not going to be normal darkness but, but extraordinary light. That's Christmas. When you believe Jesus, crazy, desperate becomes your new normal. There were three wise men falling, uh, you know, out of, out of the darkness. Some random star, not in, in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. That in itself is this whole crazy story. Three guys from, you know, some other place. They, you know, scholars say maybe they were, they were you, know, uh, you know, Zoroastrians. Maybe they were some kind of, you know, uh, mystics. But, but they are Babylonian, you know, magicians, uh, wise men. And, and, and something stirs in them. They're looking around at all the religion they're offered in the world and it's empty. They're looking around at all the wisdom that the world provides and it means nothing to them. They're looking around at what they can earn and keep and, and it just it feels like sand through their fingers. And, and so out of their emptiness, they look up and they see in the midst of this deep darkness of this broken world, a star. And somehow they choose to follow. As I'm telling you, there's a spiritual dimension of this that, that is soul deep and and, and it, is, it is something inside of you that's going to respond to the leadership of the Holy Spirit towards Jesus or, or not. And you can fill your broken with all kinds of other broken and, and ignore the voice and the whisper of Jesus. You can, you can busy yourself so that you're so darn busy and so tired that you never are able to stop and think what all this means and you'll miss the Spirit's whisper. But some of you this Christmas, for some of you there's going to be a turning and a believing and a difference in 2019. We're two nobodies in Jerusalem in Luke chapter 2. A man named Simon, uh, Simeon and, and then uh, Anna the prophetess. Simon had spent his whole life looking for something more than, than he could find in the world, the, the Messiah. And he spent his entire life looking for the Messiah. And at the very moment Jesus is brought into the temple uh, to, for, a, for a sacrifice, um, Simon comes up to him and says, now Lord, I can die because I have seen what I've longed for all my life. 
And then there's another nobody, a, a prophetess named, named Anna who was married seven years. If she was married at, at age 15, 16, 17, 18, uh, the scripture then says she was married seven years. Her husband died and for 50 years, night and day, she gave up on what she could get from the world and she spent it night and day worshiping and fasting in the temple, seeking an answer from God. And in that moment, in comes Jesus. (laughs) And the whole point of her life is fulfilled. Guys, here's the story of, of Christmas. You are loved. Jeremiah 31.3 says, The Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness all of your life. The Father has been working to draw you to Jesus. Will you believe you're loved? But you're broken. Isaiah 64, 6 says, all of us have become like one who's unclean. All our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf and the wind, um, you know, like the wind, our sins sweep us away. Don't let your broken be a reason to run from God. Let your broken be a reason to run towards him. <laughs> don't, don't let your broken in the world be a reason to hide like Adam. Let your broken be your offering to, to the one who was broken for you, Jesus, on the cross. You see, the whole point of the cross is that broken came to meet broken. And broken came to, to answer all of your broken. You don't have to live in your own hell any longer. You don't have to be, live terrified of the future. You know what? There's going to be hard things that happen in life. Okay. If I didn't have a savior, I'd be terrified. I'm serious. I'd be terrified of growing old if I didn't have a savior. You trust in in yourself, you trust in your body, it's gonna fail you. It's gonna turn on you. That's what cancer is. Your body decides, you know what? I'm gonna kill you. There's a savior. And he was broken on the cross to heal all of my broken. And so you are welcome, (laughs) the Savior says. You are welcome. (laughs) For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. You don't have to live less than. You don't have to live unloved. You don't have to live hurting. You don't have to live angry. You are welcome in the arms of love. Why would you stay away? Why would you stand apart? But you have to be willing. (laughs) That's the key to it all. You have to, in the end of it all, be willing. For whoever wants to save their life in this world will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to, to gain the whole world and forfeit their soul? What can anyone give in exchange for their their soul? Is there anything in this world that's worth your life? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes 
with his Father in glory and with his holy angels. But if anyone will receive me, will welcome me, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved (laughs) now and forevermore in joy and in peace. So this Christmas season, I'm not asking you to get wrapped up in unwrapping. I'm not asking you to be a little more religious. I'm asking you to be desperate and crazy for Jesus Christ. I'm asking you to live a crazy, desperate life for Jesus, the Savior of your world, not the world, your world. Let him save you from the past, in the present, for the future. Let him save you. Put your hope in him. Believe in him. Let him guide you. Let him lead you. It is okay. In fact, it's more than okay. It's gloriously good. Because a Savior has entered in this broken world and everything, everything is different. So this Christmas, will you receive your Savior? Will you invite his salvation into your family, your past, your future? For to you, Savior has been born. Will you receive him? Father, I ask that your Holy Spirit would once again in this moment, the the short moments we have on this spinning planet, they're gonna end. Our heart will beat its last. We will breathe earth's air one last time, one day. But in this moment, Father, help us to say yes to your son. Help us to bring our broken to the broken of your son. Help us to look to the cradle and to the cross and to receive a savior and let him save us. Father, may we give up control. May we yield our lives. May we raise our hands and say your will be done. Father, I pray you would stir in the heart of everyone deeply broken and that they would be desperate for your son and live in a beautiful desperation from this day forward. God, may their lives never be the same. May the world never be the same. And may the church at Seven Run never be the same because of the belief born this day. Christmas. This we pray in our Savior's name, Jesus. As all God's people say, Amen. If you enjoyed today's message, feel free to share it with your friends. And as we like to say, love well, live Jesus, and believe big.